Hello there, friends. This is Glenn. And this is Linda Dawson, and you're listening to Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast, where we talk about the history of the authors and the events that led to the songs they wrote and that we sang growing up in our churches. Today we're looking at a song that not only was in our hymnals, but made it to the quartet circuit uh, back in the over the years. Glenn, as with many of the Southern Gospel songs, this one talks about heaven. It sure does, Linda, and I know why. So many of us like those old Southern Gospel songs. Why is that? Because so many of our songs talk about heaven. And for many of us, it ain't going to be long until we'll be going there. We look forward to going there, don't we? I know I am. It's going to be a wonderful place. How many of you have thought about heaven this week? The reality is that chances are, unless a person close to you has died, heaven's not crossed your mind. I think everyone thinks about life after death and wonders about heaven at some time or the other. Yes, heaven is a place we can live forever someday. It's a place we can live without sickness and without sadness, no pain, no loss. It's where we will live with our Creator God forever. It's a place filled with beauty and joy. There will be lots of activities and rest when we need it. And think of all the people we'll meet there, Linda, and be friends with forever. Yes, and old friends and family. As our song begins today, we start off at the Eastern Gate and the thoughts we might have as we prepare to go there. Its song starts, I will meet you in the morning, just inside the Eastern Gate. Then be ready, faithful pilgrim, lest with you it be too late. And the chorus says, I will meet you in the morning. I will meet you in the morning. Just inside the eastern gate over there. I will meet you in the morning. I will meet you in the morning. I'll meet you in the morning over there. If you hasten off to glory, linger near the eastern gate. For I'm coming in the morning, so you'll not have long to wait. Keep your lamps all trimmed and burning. For the bridegroom watch and wait. He'll be with us at the meeting just inside the eastern gate. Oh, the joys of that glad meeting with the saints who for us wait. What a blessed, happy meeting just inside the eastern gate. American evangelist Isaiah Martin wrote the words and produced the music to this hymn, Eastern Gate, in 1905. Martin was born in Gentry County, Missouri, and was converted at age 12 when he joined the Baptist Church. In 1893, he joined the Methodist Church and began his ministry. In 1903, he joined the Nazarene Church, and in 1905, he was was appointed district superintendent of all the territory east of the Rocky Mountains. Married in 1905, he had two sons and one daughter. Martin was also a pastor, of the First Church of the Nazarene in Chicago. In addition, he was a tenor soloist, composing songs as a hobby, around 200 of them, frequently while playing the reed organ. Eastern Gate 
is probably the most familiar hymn. Eastern Gate was inspired by a conversation he had with Dr. Phineas Brissy, a founder of the Nazarene denomination. He said, We Nazarenes have an understanding that we are to have a meeting one of these days, just inside the eastern gate of the heavenly city. The Nazarenes simply seemed to have rejoiced in the opportunity to meet and fellowship with one another in the internal kingdom. According to Martin, one of the old-timers was trying to get a tune for some words he had written, but couldn't come across with one. So I got to humming a tune, which turned out to be Eastern Gate. The East has always had a special significance in Judaism, pointing as it does to the sunrise and to the coming of a new day. The tabernacle, the nation's center of worship in the wilderness, was oriented so that the entrance faced east. With those who, ca who cared for the structure and worked in it camped before the entrance. The tabernacle was set up in the middle of the camp with the tribes of Israel, Israel ranged around. Judah, from King David's time to Jesus, by descendant of the flesh, was positioned to the east as well. When the nation settled in Canaan and Jerusalem was identified as its capital, the temple, Israel's permanent worship center also was constructed so that the entrance was oriented to the east. In the ancient city, the temple faced what was known as the East Gate, repaired during the time of Nehemiah. Just beyond the East Gate was the Mount of Olives. Later, when Israel turned away from God, the glory of God departed from the temple by way of the East Gate. And when the glory of God is finally restored to the millennial temple, it will come by the same gate. This relates to the second coming of Christ. In prophecy, when the Lord Jesus returns to take up his earthly reign, his feet will stand on Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two, from east to west, making a very large valley. Half, in the, half of the mountain shall move to the north, and half will move to the south. Israel Messiah, king, apparently makes his entrance into the city by the east gate, and it will be shut up afterwards in his honor. This brings us to a discussion of the heavenly city, which is the subject of the song. It is known in scripture as the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the holy city, new Jerusalem. We know it will have walls and gates. The latter are mentioned a number of times. And when the heavenly city descends to the newly created earth, there to abide forever, it is described as having twelve gates, and three of them will face the east. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand on the earth upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst, therefore, forward to the east and toward the west, and, and there shall be a very great valley. Half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half toward the south. 
The eastern gate of Jerusalem is part of the scene the prophet Zechariah wrote about. Jesus will not remain on the Mount of Olives after it divides. He will enter the eastern gate and enter Ezekiel's temple. Ezekiel's temple will be used during the thousand-year millennium. Ezekiel func- focuses on the eastern gate that is to be used by the king. Then said the Lord unto me, This gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no man shall enter in by it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, hath entered in by it, therefore it shall be shut. It is for the prince, the prince. He will sit in it to eat bread before the Lord. He shall enter by the way of the porch of that gate, and shall go out by the way of the same. Ezekiel saw the Spirit of God leaving Jerusalem through the eastern gate and later returning through the eastern gate to occupy the temple of Jesus' day. The Holy Spirit did not occupy the temple. The Spirit had departed. Jesus was God in the temple in his day. His turning over the money changer tables, swinging the whip with his hands and cleansing the temple, and rising his voice was not very well appreciated by the people. And they were offended because they weren't in a spiritual condition to recognize their promised Messiah. The eastern gate of Jerusalem is also called the Golden Gate or the Beautiful Gate. In Hebrew, it is called the Gate of Mercy. It is currently the oldest gate in the old city, having been constructed in the 6th or 7th century A.D., Also, it is the gate that gives the most direct access to the Temple Mount. If a person could pass through the arches of the eastern gate, he would be very close to where the Jewish temple used to stand. When Jesus entered Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, he used a gate in the same location as the current eastern or golden gate. The eastern gate was sealed shut in the year A.D. 1540 or 41, by the order of Suleiman the Magnificent, a sultan of the Ottoman Empire. It's believed that the reason for the closing of the Eastern Gate was to prevent the Jewish Messiah from gaining entrance to Jerusalem. Jewish tradition states that the Messiah will pass through the Eastern Gate when he comes to rule. The Eastern Gate has remained sealed for nearly past 500 years. We summarize then that the eastern gate of Ezekiel 44 will be part of the millennial temple complex. It's not yet built. What does the east gate remind us of? Jesus is coming again. East equal the direction from which the sun rises. East equal the direction from which the son of man, Jesus, will come again. Matthew twenty four twenty seven says, For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. According to prophecy, when Jesus returns again, his feet will touch the Mount of Olives, causing a great earthquake and the splitting of the Mount of Olives in two. Then he'll enter Jerusalem through the eastern gate. Many years later, in 1580 A.D., The Arabs, Ottoman Turks, sealed up the East Gate. They believed that the Jews was expecting their Messiah to come through that gate. 
so they sealed it up to prevent his return. They even planted a center cemetery in front of it, thinking that a Jewish messiah would not set foot in the cemetery because it was not holy. But the Arabs did not know that a sealed gate would not prevent the return of the king. By sealing the gate, they had actually fulfilled the prophecy of Ezekiel when he said, Who has said the gate will be shut? Jesus is preparing his place for us, and he is coming back to bring us with him. How will we know when Jesus has come back again? Because we'll all see it. When Jesus first come as a little boy, not many people knew about it. There wasn't a big fanfare, no newspapers, no radio or internet to announce his arrival. Only a bright star in the sky and the shepherds and wise men who came to greet him. But when he comes again, it'll be bright and noticeable as the sun or lightning flashing through the sky. We don't read about that in Facebook. We'll all see that together. When will Jesus come again? Jesus promised to come again. We could look forward to it just as the people 2,000 years ago looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. Jesus is coming again, and that equals Satan's time is up. He will be completely destroyed. Satan is scared that his time is up, so he tries to do as much damage as he can. The signs of the times, wars, famines, disease, etc., tell us that the time is near. So when we read all of these disasters, we shouldn't be fearful. We just declare Jesus is coming again soon. We don't know exactly when he'll come. It isn't marked on a calendar. But every day when the sun rises from the east, remember, the Son of Man, Jesus, is coming again soon. East Gate reminds us that Jesus is coming again. When we travel, we like to know what it will be like when we get there. We look forward to the time we'll be spending there. The Bible says we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. He promised a world filled with God's righteousness. But we won't really look forward to heaven until we understand the attractions there. That's right, Linda. Some people think that heaven will be a place where everyone is sitting around on fluffy couches and sitting in strange clothes, strumming on our harps. It's hard to look forward to that because it's kind of boring. But heaven isn't boring. We realize heaven is worth thinking about and dreaming about when we understand what the Bible says about it. And once we know what the Bible says about heaven, we look forward to living there. That's right. In the next few weeks, we'll be looking at what the Bible says about heaven here on the podcast. And as we research the scripture, to learn about this wonderful, exciting place of our eternity. I'd invite you to go with us to heaven. If you've never made the wondrous discovery of knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, invite Him right now to come into your heart and your life and be your Savior. 
and you too could take this wonderful journey to heaven with us forever. In the meantime, Glenn, why don't you play that wonderful old song, The Eastern Gate? Okay, I'll do that. so nice visiting with you all here today on Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. Our program is a part of the Glendale Evangelist Association. It's a non-profit 501c3 organization dedicated to sharing the gospel with the world. We're located in Lexington, Kentucky. As we look at the old-time hymns, the authors, and events related to the writing of their songs, We hope you have been informed and enjoyed yourselves. We always enjoy hearing from you. 
You can write us on Facebook or whatever platform you hear us on. You can even write us on our webpage at glendawsonea.com. Let me spell all that out for you. www.glendawsonea.com. Our music has been distributed to the web, and you can hear it by searching the web for the music of Glenn Dawson. On some of these services, you can punch the like button, and we appreciate it when you do that. It helps our ministry and keeps us going. We look forward to seeing you again next week on Preparing Our Heart for Worship. God God be be with with you. you. Goodbye for for now. now.